Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost. My turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Rob Longo. Hi, friends, and welcome to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets, brought to you by Senta. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates are the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of your Charlotte Hornets. Game 82 in the books, and it is a winning edition of the HHC as Charlotte overcomes a very, very poor shooting day from beyond the arc yesterday. Started the game 0 for 24, and they end up winning the game 106 to 95 in Cleveland, albeit the Cavs did rest a lot of their big guns, but it's still a lot to like, and we'll explain why here in a few minutes. And of course, this Hornets win encapsulates a season that certainly did not go the way that Charlotte wished or hoped for, and it just kind of worked that way with the injuries and things that just were out of Charlotte's control for the most part. So we'll talk about what we learned over the last couple of weeks as the injury news and the injury bug really hit the Hornets here over the last about five or six games of the season and what we learned moving forward that we can maybe take into the offseason and moving forward into next season as well. And helping me out, recapping game number 82 on the dockets, the one and only lead writer of Hornets.com, Sam Perley. And Sam, thank you for joining me as always here on the Hornets Hivecasts. I feel like just yesterday we were kicking off the season in San Antonio. We were going through that long road stretch in December out on the West Coast. And all of a sudden, we're here at the beginning of April, and we are done with 82 games in the books. 87, if you want to be technical, with the five preseason games. But all in all, thank you for joining me here one final time this season on the Hornets Hivecast. Of course. Thank you for having me. Good to go out on a win. And, uh, yeah, it always goes fast. It always feels like it goes faster and faster every year. So it it does seem like... That San Antonio game was was just yesterday, but I'm excited. I'm glad the Hornets got a win, and this will hopefully, last game recap, but hopefully you'll have me back on in the summer 
uh, once or twice to kind of talk about whatever goes on with the Hornets over the offseason. Oh, we got a ton of stuff to talk about in the offseason for sure. But right now, let's go ahead and recap yesterday's game, a 106-95 win in Cleveland. Again, none of the games in the Eastern Conference for the most part yesterday really mattered for the most part as every seeding opportunity, everything was kind of set in stone. It couldn't matter one way or the other. A lot of teams just basically playing for pride yesterday for the most part. So in the game yesterday, Cavs sat a lot of their big guns. They still had a lot of their uh, bigger players like guys like Evan Mobley, Isaiah Mobley, Jared Allen. All those guys played at least some portion of the game, whether it was the first half, maybe a quarter here or there. They were still out there, and they were still competitive as the Cavs led this one 25-17 after the first quarter of play. The Hornets outscored Cleveland in the second quarter 32-29 to and trailed this one 54-49 at halftime. And the Hornets were 0-19 for from beyond the arc. They end up starting the game 0 for 24 from 3. They didn't hit their first triple until about the 159 mark there of the third quarter. And that was kind of similar of how the game was going as well, considering Charlotte didn't lead until the 603 mark for the first time in the game in the third quarter. 59-58 advantage. It was short-lived as Charlotte trailed at 75-70 going into the fourth quarter. But the Hornets just kind of shot their way out of a slump for the most part. They finished the fourth quarter shooting 12 of 15 from the field. They were 4 for 4 from 3 in that fourth quarter alone, also 8-10 from the charity stripe. They outscored Cleveland 36-20 to there in that fourth quarter as the Cavs finished the fourth frame shooting at about a 36% clip from the field, and they were just 1-10 from beyond the arc, so a little bit of role reversal there as the Hornets end up shooting about 45-46% from the field there throughout the game. They finish at just about an 18-19% clip from beyond the arc, obviously, when you start the game 0-24. for Kind of hard to shoot your way out of that slump for the most part. They finished the game 6-32 from three, but again, Cleveland did not shoot the ball particularly well either, so it was kind of a, a battle of who could be worse, more or less, but Hornets got big performances from guys like Mark Williams and Bryce McGowan's the rookies stepping up big with some career highs. We'll talk about them here in a few moments. But after the game, head coach Steve Clifford talked about what transpired there in that first half. And basically, it just boiled down the effort in the second half that led to the win. You know, we didn't start the game well, but when those guys re-entered the game, I thought the guys, the, you know, Nick, Kobe, uh, Kai, and Book, when they came in, our energy level went up, but when the starters re-entered the rest of the game, we played, I thought, with good energy and good purpose. We just didn't shoot the ball well. And you can say that again as the Hornets end up outscoring Cleveland 57-41 to there in that second half. Just kind of a complete turnaround there from what the Hornets did in the first half. But overall, a lot of good things to like here from Charlotte in game number 82. Again, neither team was playing for much here. Obviously, the Hornets' season's done. The Cavs have to focus on the playoffs starting up in a couple of days going up against the New York Knicks, so they rested a lot of their guys. But at the end of the day, there was that still big energy and that big effort, especially in the fourth quarter from this Hornets team that, again, didn't have a lot to play for other than pride. I think the thing that stuck out to me the most and what I was most impressed with in this one was just how the Hornets kind of stuck with it. I think when you obviously start 0-24 from three-point range, you don't make your first three-pointer, I think, towards the end of the third quarter. That can obviously be very frustrating, and especially with a, with a younger team, you can kind of get away from what you're supposed to be doing, and, and it can kind of mess up sort of your game plan and purpose and things like that. And, and that never really happened. They stuck with it. They still you know, were taking open shots 
you know, that's what you want to do. It's just when you, you start getting those open shots because you're missing a whole bunch and you start doing things differently, that's when it really kind of can cost you. So I, I was pleased that they kind of stuck with it. They were getting good shots, getting into the paint, the kickouts. And I think it, it was only a matter of time. I mean, I don't know if we were all thinking it, but they're going to make some threes at some point. And, and, you know, they were in good position within down a couple of possessions when they started to kind of fall and they took control there in that fourth quarter. So uh, I think that's what really stuck out to me the most is, they, they stuck with it, kind of didn't get too, you know, shy about shooting threes, even when they were going cold to start the game. And they got hot at the right time, took control there at the end of that third, start of fourth quarter. I think it was like a 23-6 to six run and uh, and closed out the end with the plays it needed to make. For me, I think the biggest number that stood out to me for the most part, and I know I just touched on this a few moments ago, but the Cavs still played their larger players, their twin towers, more or less, for lack of a better term. They still played Evan Mobley. He started, he only played 12 minutes, but again, he was out there. Jared Allen also played 12 minutes, so we saw some run from him also. Robin Lopez and Isaiah Mobley got some extended run, and those are some guys that Robin Lopez is on the decline of his career, and of course, we hope that Mark Williams and Nick Richards are certainly on the early, early rungs of their career as the roller coaster is going up the hill. It's only gone a couple of clicks here, and I think the one thing that stood out to me, for the most part, is the points in the paint. The Hornets have had some troubles with that. You go back to that Toronto game a couple games previously where they allowed 90 paint points. They allowed the Cavs just to have 42 points in the paint there in the game yesterday. They outscore them 56-42 to in that department. And a lot of that was just mostly because I think the three-point shot was just going wanting multiple times, obviously. But the Hornets were able to attack. They were able to get in the paint. They were able to drive. And they were able to convert. And I think a lot of that, too, was guys like Mark Williams and Nick Richards able to dominate some paint presence as well. So again, I know it's not the top tier of the Cleveland Cavaliers, but Cavs have a very, very tough environment to play in. This is only their 10th home loss of the season. And it's one of those things that's just kind of a momentum builder. Again, Mark Williams coming back from that hand injury didn't necessarily need to play these last two games of the season, but made it a point of emphasis to do so. Nick Richards got a little banged up there in the third quarter. They had to call timeout to check on him. That was actually beginning of the fourth quarter. So he came right back into the game after everything was all good to go. These guys, again, I can't overstate it enough, the fact that playing for pride is a lot different than playing for wins and losses, especially in game number 82. So I just take this game and I just hope there's a lot of momentum moving forward into the offseason that these guys are able to go back and look at the film and say, okay, we did this, this, and this correctly against a team that's a top four seed in the playoffs. Here's what we can work on going into the next season and improve and hopefully be that four seed next year in the Eastern Conference. To touch on the points in the paint real quick, I think that aggressiveness to get to the basket really, really helped the free throw stuff. I mean, that's why they stayed in this game was the free throw shooting. I want to say they were in the bonus with maybe like at least nine and a half minutes left in the second quarter. And then when you've got an opposing team that knows every time they foul for the final nine and a half, ten minutes of a quarter that you're going to the line, I mean, it completely changes how you approach and how they approach you defensively. I mean, it's a huge, huge uh, development in a game, and it can really help you uh, navigate some shooting woes, which is exactly what happened for the Hornets in this one. And to touch on, you know, obviously the Cavs didn't play a whole lot of their main guys or any of them really. They, they were locked into that four seed. They know who they're playing. They've got home court advantage in the first round. They only played um, Evan Mobley and Jared Allen the first quarter, and Shetty Osmond only played, I think, maybe the first half. But Hornets is shorthanded, too. It is what it is. This final day of the season is kind of uh, it's a little funky sometimes with certain players kind of playing just a little bit and going out, and teams either getting ready for the play-in or getting ready for the playoffs, especially in the Eastern Conference, and everything is kind of pretty much 
locked in. Western Conference is still a lot of shuffling to, to get through. So I know I think it's good. I think it's good to kind of end on a win. There's been some, some tough games the last four four or five games ever since the OKC game where I think they kind of completely flipped the page to a lot of the young guys kind of getting the rotational minutes and going up against teams like Toronto, um, like Chicago that are, you know, we're playing for play in position or playoff positioning. So to close out on a win and to kind of do a bunch of good things and to hang in there, especially from a mental standpoint when things weren't going so well to start the game, I, I don't think there's anything to apologize for. I think this is everyone's competing. You go out, you, you take care of business, you do what you need to do. And uh, good things will happen, and, and the Hornets ended on a high note last night in what has been kind of a obviously a tough season, but hopefully it's something they can kind of use you know, this last little stretch heading into the offseason. Again, Hornets win it in the land last night, 106-95. to Finished the season at 27-55, and but played some really good basketball, especially after the All-Star break. They finished post-All-Star 10-12, and and they finish off the regular season with a win for the first time since 2019-2020. Of course, that was the COVID-shortened season, so a little bit of an unexpected final game for the Hornets, but nonetheless, it was still a 109-98 to win. That was also on the road against the Miami Heat. We still have to talk about our top performers and what this win means and what these last couple of weeks mean for some of the younger guys on the Hornets roster moving forward. That all comes your way right after this here on the Hornets Hivecast presented by Senta. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, dance bro. <laughs> 
It's a winning edition of the HHC. Rob Longo and the lead writer of Hornets.com, Sam Perley, with me here on this edition of the Hornets Hivecast, the final game recap of the 2022-2023 season. A little bittersweet in that sense. But, of course, we still have to pick our top performers. Two kind of rose above the crowd a little bit. I think you can kind of guess which way we're leading in this one. But as the guest of honor, I will let Sam Perley go first. Who is your top performer from last night's game? A bunch of good options. I'm going to go with Mark Williams. I, I kind of always take the easy way out here, but uh, was really, really good, really effective. Only in, played 30 and a half minutes, uh, 22 points, 10 rebounds, shot nine of 10 um, with two blocks. I uh, just thought it was really, really good. I think it was good for him to end the season on a really high note. And, and you know, he, he's obviously been very, very promising this year. Ever since he got into the rotation back in, I want to say maybe like late December. Um, had a little bit of the, the hand injury that, that knocked him out for five or six games, but uh, Hornets was defensively were great when he was was starting and played. So, fun fact too, he's the sixth rookie in NBA history to have a 2010 game shoot better than 90 percent, or at least 90 percent or better, and have multiple blocks in a single game, joining Joe Merriweather, Robert Parrish, Hakeem Olajuwon, DeAndre Jordan, and Walker Kessler, who did it earlier this year too. So cool for Mark to kind of go out with a big performance like that and. Uh, yeah, it's exciting. I think the Hornets have really, really hit on the uh, Mark Williams pick, as well as I'm assuming who you're about to say. Bryce McGowan's on the left side, coming out of the timeout, rejecting the screen from Mark Williams. Slide to the big mark, able to get the finish plus the foul. And a three-pointer hasn't been easy to come by, but a three-point play opportunity here for Mark Williams. Yeah, Mark was phenomenal as he has been for the majority of the season, especially when he moved into that starting role. You talked about the career high, 22 points. A little bit of a backdoor double-double there with those 10 rebounds. I think he got his 10th board with about a minute or so left to go, so everybody gets half-off pizza from Domino's one final time this season today, if you choose to do so. A couple of blocks sprinkled in there as well. I thought Mark was fantastic. He's kind of been my top performer basically ever since he's gotten into that starting rotation just because of the way that he's been able to be so consistent. And I think I've talked about it a couple times here with you, a couple times with Sam Farber here on the Hornets Hivecast, as he just continues to be that consistent 12 and 9, 12 and 10. I'm not going to say he's a walking double-double quite yet. That could certainly change heading into next season as well. But he's always been hovering around double-digit points, double-digit rebounds here ever since he got thrown into that starting role ever since basically the trade deadline when Mason Plumlee was dealt to the Clippers. So what Mark has been able to do has been great. I mean, it's been more or less a home run pick here, even through just one season of him here in the Queen City. I think it's safe to say that this has worked out extremely well. I know that there's always going to be that comparison between Mark Williams and Jalen Duran since they kind of went right in the same sense, and Duran was then dealt, of course, to Detroit. But I mean, it's just been so great to see Mark really flourish here. Did his time in the Greensboro Swarm with the G League. He he did some great things there. He really got things figured out and was able to apply what he did there in Greensboro up here to the big league club here in Charlotte. So again, kudos to what Mark Williams accomplished this season. Really looking forward to what he's able to do with another offseason under his belt and able to have more of a starting role in next season. Of course, that's what we would assume here moving forward with that center rotation between him and Nick Richards. But you kind of implied it. For me, I'm going to go with his draft partner, I guess you could say, is who he was drafted alongside going into this season with, and that's going to be Bryce McGowan's. Bryce McGowan's in the lane, off the bump, over the right hand, floaters good for two, count it, plus the foul. Bryce McGowan's to the line with a three-point play opportunity. Bryce also had 22 points. That's, of course, also tied for a game high, a team high. That's also a career high for Bryce McGowan's as well. So the 22 
draft class, both scoring 22 points. I guess you could say they were feeling 22. Hopefully Taylor Swift doesn't sue me for that pun there, but Bryce, 6 of 11 from the field, just 1 of 4 from beyond the arc, but he did such a good job getting at the free throw line. 9 and 10 from the charity stripe, 4 rebounds, 4 assists. Bryce McGowan's very, very strong. I just thought that 2022 draft class for the Hornets today was excellent, and it just kind of gives you that little bit of a warm and fuzzy feeling heading into the offseason, Sam, that this could be the future for the Hornets, and this is where it's heading the despite not having LaMelo Ball for the last couple of weeks of the season for, um, well, really, quite frankly, for the majority of the season when you add up all of the injury, unfortunate luck. But, you know, between him and Terry Rozier, the backcourt has some depth now with guys like Bryce McGowan's the front court. You see the future of it right now with Nick Richards and Mark Williams. So, again, there could be a lot of reconstruction with this roster moving into the offseason. We're not going to touch on that today. That's going to be something that we'll talk about much later down the road here on the Hornets Hivecast. But overall, you saw the potential of these young guys here over the last couple weeks, especially today, though. Yeah, and touch on Bryce. I mean, have two 20-point games, first two career 20-point games, last three outings. I mean, just looks so much more comfortable with the ball. And I think that has been an obvious byproduct of just getting more responsibility and starting more of these past, you know, handful of games, Uh, but just knows much more now. I I think the thing that's really developed with him is just knows when to shoot, knows when to drive. The decision-making is quicker. It doesn't look like, you know, and this wasn't necessarily a huge problem in the year, but sometimes, you know, rookies get the ball and it's just, you kind of freeze a little bit and don't know necessarily what to do. I mean, he gets the ball and it's quick decisions, either, you know, passing it off to somebody else, passing it around the horn, drive, kick, uh, drive and kick out. I mean, the decision-making, I think, has been really, really good to see Bryce do. And he just looks, his feel for the game is is very obvious. I mean, I think we all saw in summer league last year um, that this is, a you know, you can just almost just tell that there's a feel to it. There's a comfort level. You know, things move a little slow for him in a good way. Um, you know, it doesn't feel sped up or anything like that. And I think it's been great to see him uh, kind of take advantage of this opportunity down the stretch. And, and especially with, you know, sometimes when you take guys in the, you know, whatever he was, 40th pick and it comes from a program that isn't necessarily a producing a ton of NBA talent year in and year out, you don't know necessarily how he's going to adjust to the NBA level. And, you know, it's really exciting to kind of see the development that he's made this year and, and to, like Mark, kind of finish on a high note. It was pretty cool to have both rookies last year finish with career highs in the final game of the season. A lot of top performers from yesterday's game. Again, a 106-95 win in Cleveland. Of course, Bryce McGowan's Mark Williams, both north of 20 with career highs. A couple of other players finished in double figures, six in total for Charlotte, two especially off the bench. James Booknight had 12 points, Nick Richards with 11 points and eight boards off the bench as well. Svi McKayluk finished with 16, seven rebounds, also six assists as well. He filled the stat sheet tail him out on another guy that filled the stat sheet 18 points eight rebounds six assists for the Hornets so those guys a tip of the cap for them kind of coming in here at the end of the season not really knowing what to expect the injuries took a different turn and those guys definitely got some opportunities and we're going to talk about those opportunities and what they mean for some of the guys on this roster moving forward as we head into the 2023 offseason that comes your way right after this here on the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury 
with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. That's my game. bright for us, man. You know, everybody's excited. Everybody can't wait for the next season to start. You know, we had some rough patches this season. You know, everything didn't go our way. But that's a that's a life. That's what comes with it. That's what comes with it. You know, everybody just got pushed through, and everybody just got to fight. And I think you know we're, everybody's excited for next season, and we can't wait. That's Nick Richards after yesterday's 106-95 win in Cleveland. Rob Longo and Sam Hurley putting a button on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast and the final season recap here of the 2022-2023 season. And Sam wanted to touch on some of the stuff that we've seen over the last couple of games, basically the last two weeks or so of the season. You go back to right around that Dallas game at the end of March, the Dallas series, I guess you could pinpoint it as, and you look at all of the injuries that really started to pile up for the Hornets. Kelly Oubre, Terry Rozier, of course, Lamella Ball was already out. Then we saw Dennis Smith Jr. join the injury report. Basically, uh, a ton of guys that you just expect to see on a night-by-night basis, and they all of a sudden were all injured, and they were all sitting out. So then you got guys that were able to fill this void in the starting lineup. Guys like Teo Maladon, who was on a two-way deal. V. McKayluk, who was a, a trade deadline pickup. Bryce McGowan, who was previously on a two-way deal, worked hard in Greensboro, saw what he's capable of doing, and was able to earn that full-time rookie deal. J.T. Thor, who is a guy that's been trying to fight and get his way into the rotation. Of course, Mark Williams, who's been kind of the crown jewel, uh, the rookie of the year, more or less. If you had to pick one on the Hornets roster, I think you would give it to a guy like Mark Williams. Of course, Bryce McGowan's really came on there strong as of late, too. But overall, we saw a lot of development here, I thought, over the last two weeks, and we saw some resiliency, and we saw what this team has been able to really come up with despite not having that continuity that comes with a long offseason and a training camp to learn how to play with each other and just kind of doing it on the fly and doing trial by fire, and they were able to pick up a couple of wins along the way and almost finish with a 500 record post-All-Star break. So just wanted to get kind of your general thoughts, and if there's anything that you really learned here over the last couple weeks of the season from some of these younger guys, seeing a 
huge, massive influx of minutes. Yeah, I think if, uh, like you said, if you kind of use the end of the Dallas series as sort of like, I guess, the cutoff of when they started really playing the young guys, starting with that OKC game on, on end up being six games. I thought you saw a lot of encouraging stretches from these these young players. You could tell there's a purpose of how they wanted to play. There's an identity. There's a, a style of how they want to play. Um, and like, it's not the easiest thing, like you said, to get kind of an enhanced amount of minutes all at once and try and learn things on the fly. And you're playing with different guys. Um, a lot of these guys did have familiarity playing with each other in Greensboro at some point. So I guess that helps, but yeah, some encouraging stuff. I think it's, you know, it is a small sample size. It's only six games, but I think the young guys can use these last several games or handful games in two different ways. You can look at and say, you've got reps, you know, what's going to work, you know what doesn't work, you know what you need to improve on, you know what needs fine-tuning or different things like that. So you can hit the ground running this offseason and then hopefully put yourself in position to be maybe be a rotational player next year. I think the other good thing that some of these stretches do is you see the competition level on the side. You see what it's like to defend a Zach Levine or a DeMar DeRozan or a Pascal Siakam or a Jalen Green or some of these like really, really high-end talents in the league and know that that kind of talent is there every single night in the NBA. And if you want to be a rotational NBA player, you're going to have to face a guy like that every single night. And what are you going to do to stop him or to play well against him or score against him or defend him and things like that too. So the reps are good. I think the experience is good. I think giving, you know, having a taste of being a starter or being a rotational player um, and playing well, I think, can only add fuel to the fire of these young guys. Hey, I want to get better. I want to be a rotational player next year. I want to get more minutes. I want to play well. I want to help this team win and get back on track next season. You also see the level of talent you're going to face on a, on a night-in and night-out basis and how are you going to put yourself into position to compete and also beat that talent every single night or put yourself in position to do it. So uh, I think these games are good. I think it's it's, you know, a good kind of it'll obviously kind of be a little bit of a reset here going into the off season take some time off regather and then hopefully kind of get to work and, and start having a big off season and you know who knows some, what a summer league is ends up being what three months away so it'll be here before we know it next time we can see some of these guys out on the court i think the one final question for me here sam and you i think you kind of already answered it a little bit is how much value is there in these games at the end of the season compared to maybe doing this sort of development in Greensboro or at Summer League or in a preseason where, I mean, obviously everything is counted, the stats are counted, you go out there, you play with a purpose and that sort of thing, but doing it here at the NBA level, is there a little bit more of an added value in doing that here in regular season games rather than, say, like the Summer League and like preseason that I talked about? Yeah, I think so. I think it's when you see the real thing and, you know, granted these games, they're, they're the Hornets, they had no bearing sort of on them. You know, they weren't playing for playoff position. There wasn't, you know, a big factor in terms of the wins loss. But it is good to get these reps. And I, I don't necessarily like the feeling that, oh, these games don't matter. They're meaningless. Well, they're meaningful for development. There's something to get out of these games, whether they have an impact on the standings or playoff positionings or things like that. And I think we can look back at these six or seven games, and you can probably go a little bit further back, maybe towards the All-Star break. But these were meaningful games in the sense that the Hornets got better. The defense took major improvements. You saw a lot of the young guys, primarily Mark Williams, Bryce McGowan, they took big steps. JT Thor shot really well since the All-Star break. Steve McKayluk, you know, a guy that wasn't on the team before the All-Star break, uh, took advantage of his minutes. So I think everybody did a good job of having – it felt like all these young guys had at least one to two, three performances that you can look back and say, okay, that's something I can build on. That's something I can get better at or use as sort of – 
you know, a way to, to roll into the offseason with some momentum. But, yeah, I think regular season, is it, it's definitely the real thing, and especially going against teams during the six-game window, like Toronto a couple times, like the Bulls, that needed to win those games to see what is on the other side and how you have to play night in and night out going against, like I said, a Siakam or a Levine or a Fred Van Vliet. Uh, it shows that, okay, this is, this is the NBA level. This is a step up from the G League. And this isn't a one-time thing. You're going to see this kind of talent every single night. So what are you going to do to put yourself in position to help this team beat this talent on every single night? So um, I think these games are great. I think it's, you know, there was obviously some, there's going to be some learning curve and some rough edges at times, but um, it's not a finished product. These guys are, the development is not linear. It's not, it's going to take some time, but I think they're all on, on the right track to hopefully you know, contributing for the Hornets down the line. Regardless, it's going to be a very, very interesting offseason here in the Queen City again as the Hornets finish up the campaign at a 27-55 and 55 record, but still, 10-12 and 12 record post-All-Star break. A lot of promise here on horizon for the Hornets. We're going to take a day or two off here on the Hornets Sivecast, kind of get our feet underneath ourselves here. I think this is podcast maybe 180 or so that we've done this season. We're going to conduct some exit interviews earlier here in the week. We'll get those throughout the offseason for you. Hopefully have a conversation with Mitch Kupchak, maybe even Steve Clifford might stop by as well as we get you set and get you ready for the draft lottery that is uh, about a month away or so in the middle of May and then of course the NBA draft and hopefully the Hornets will have a very high valuable draft pick in that one and then before you know it it will be summer league and we'll be able to do this all over once again for the 2023-2024 season. Sam Burley thank you so much I know there's a lot of long nights involved here a lot of long days especially after some of these contests where they just didn't go the Hornets' way. So thank you so much for your patience and dealing with me all season long, and I'm sure we'll keep you in the loop here during the offseason as we get you ready for some of these exit interviews and get ready for the NBA draft. It's a never-ending job. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me, as always. Uh, I don't mind staying up, especially talk Hornets basketball, especially after the wins. And, and I know it was a tough season, but – you know, I think I'm, I'm proud of this team, I'm proud of the adversity they worked through. You know, it's, it's going to be offseason will go quick. It, it, sometimes it always feels like it goes quick, but they'll be back in action in no time. And uh, to all the listeners and everything, just on behalf of myself, obviously you and Sam, thank you all for listening. It's a blast covering this team night in, night out, day in, day out. You know, the offseason is obviously a little bit different, but can't wait to get season rolling again, too. So, Give me a couple weeks. I'll be I'll be wanting games again too. So I have to wait until July, I guess, for summer league to tie this over. Now brighter days ahead for the Hornets here in Charlotte, definitely for sure. For Sam Perley, I'm Rob Longo saying thank you so much for joining us here on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, and of course all season long. We'll talk to you in a couple days right here once again on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.